Well, good morning, everybody. How are we doing today? We doing okay? That was really weak, so I don't think you're doing well. There you go. There you go. Hey, we want to welcome all of our first-time guests. So if you are a first-time guest in this room, we want you to know you're very welcome here. If you're watching with us online, can we as Victory Hamilton Mill welcome all of our first-time guests today? We're so glad you're here. Uh, Last weekend, if you... um, had the opportunity to join us, we all gathered. We are three, uh, we are one church with three locations, and we all gathered together at our Norcross location, and we did an outdoor service and worshiped with a lot of our campuses, all of our campuses coming together, and it was a powerful, powerful, powerful time for us to come together. And so the reason we came together is we live in one of the most divisive times in our, in our, in our recent history uh, within our country, and we wanted to come together as a church to say, hey, we are are one church unified together heart to heart across the city of Atlanta and when we do that here's what we know Psalm 33 promises this to us or Psalm 133 promises this to us that it's the place unity is the place where God pronounces the blessing life forevermore and so we came together as a church uh, to worship God and to hear the word to respond to the word and to pray Pray for each other and to pray for our country. And uh, it was a very, very powerful time. So if you were with us, we were glad to have you. If you weren't able to join us, you can go and watch that online. I would encourage you to do so. It was a really great time together. Well, uh, how many of you know that currently we are living in one of the most unique and complex times in our history? Yeah? It's, It's complex. It's unique. It's challenging. Our country is very divided right now. And we're very uh, in need of God to come and, and intervene in our country. We head into this coming week. We're going to elect the next president of the United States. We're going to elect the man that's going to rule and lead this country. And I don't know if you feel it, but I can feel it. It feels like that America is bracing for impact. Like we're bracing for the impact of what does this election yield for us this year. But I just want to say this. While it is very unstable, we have hope. We have hope. And today we're going to talk about this. And I want to say that it is difficult. Um, I just want to be candid with you. This is a very difficult message for me to stand and bring because it's going to talk about how do we live and walk in this political season. And uh, Uh, politics aren't my thing, but I also know that to talk about it in the church, there are people here that stand on both sides of the issues. They stand on both sides of the issues, and people here have thought through and prayed through, and they stand where they stand. But we as a church have to come together, and we as a church have to talk about these things. So I'm going to ask you to do me a favor today. Would you pray for me as I deliver this message to you. Would you do that today? I got one or two people. How about the rest of you? I want all of us praying today. Because here's what we need in the midst of the chaos and craziness that's going on. We need the anchoring of the Lord. He is, that does not determine by who is elected president. Amen. So let's, would you just put your hands out like this and let's pray. Let's invite the Holy Spirit to speak to us today. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for our country. 
Lord, we thank you for the men and women who have fought for our freedom. We thank you, God, that we can stand as a nation and say that it is in you we trust. Lord, we place our hope, we place our trust in you. Because God, while everything around us, every political system, everything around us may be shaken, you are not shaken. So Lord, our hope is in you and you alone. And Father, today I pray that as we hear your word, that you would allow your word to go deep into our heart. And that you would allow your word to take root in us. And that it would grow and we we would become mature and unified body of Christ. Lord, I thank you for that today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I read an article this week by a guy named David Brooks. And David Brooks is a Christian columnist for the New York Times. And he wrote this essay that's entitled, America is Having a Moral Convulsion. America is having a moral convulsion. He says in this article, every 60 years or so, America goes through extreme political unrest, the distrust of institutions, and the change of morality. How many of you feel like that's where we are right now? We're in the midst of all of that. That's why it feels so crazy around us. Uh, And this is why we've been spending this last few days fasting and praying. If you haven't joined us in our fasting and praying, we've been praying every day, nine days before the election. We're going to pray up until Tuesday uh, for the election. Pray that God will... Uh, move in our country. And here's the thing that we're asking for. We're not asking for him to, to have one political candidate over another political candidate. We're asking for the kingdom of God to be established in the United States of America. And here's what the promise of the word is to us. Here's what the promise of the word is to us. In 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, it's one we know and we quote very uh, often, but it is so true to us. And it says this, If my people who are called by my name, who is his people and who is called by his name? Is it the political system or is it us? It's us. If we uh, humble ourselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. How many of you know we have a lot that needs healing in the United States of America? Amen? And so I believe that as we pray and as we repent of our own ways, as the church, as the body... And we, we stop living in a compromising type of a way, but we start living in the way that God wants us to, that God will hear us from heaven and he will heal our land. So I want to give us a real quick snapshot uh, of where we are today and some of the things that we've been seeing happen uh, across our nation. You're going to see this on, on the screen. There's a, a graphic that's coming, but it says uh, on this graphic, some of the statistics tell us that in 1964, that 77% of Americans said they trusted the federal government to do the right thing most, most, or all of the time. In 1994, it had dropped to 20%. What do you think it would be today? 2020. Failing trust in institutions is bad enough, but it's when people lose faith in each other that societies begin to fall apart. It's when we lose faith in one another. It says in 1997, 64% of Americans had great or good deal of trust in the political competence of their fellow citizens. In 2020, only 33% have that, have feel the same way. And here's the thing that's really more scary. The Gen Zers, the, one, the generation that's from 8 years old to 23 years old, they have 10% confidence in the competence that we all have 
in understanding the political things that are going on. Now, I'm going to share something with you that is not causation, but I do believe there is a correlation to this. In 1997, when these things, uh, when the, we start seeing the stats uh, from 1997, was the first year there was a social media platform released. It was called Six Degrees. It was the first time social media came on the scene. And from 1997 to today, the, the, competent, the, the confidence that we have in one another has dropped drastically. You know why? Here, here's why I believe the correlation is. We share our political views like never before on places like Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and all the different social platforms. And we don't just share our, our perspectives on it. We share our judgments with those who don't share our perspective. We share those things. And we share them about each other. Now, how many of you know that God is not in social media spewing? He's really not in any kind of spewing. And therefore, it's caused us, not even just outside the church, the, the, my concern is not even what's happening so much in the country, the division. My concern is the division that's happening in God's house over these things. That's a concern for me. It's a, it's, a, it's a deep concern for me. It's a concern because no matter what happens, we need each other. And we need to know whether we agree or disagree on political systems that man has established. We still need each other. I need you. And you need me. I need white people. I need black people. I need Hispanic people. I need Asian people. I need every type of human being God ever made on the face of the earth. I need you. And you need me. We are a broken and divided society. But we have hope. Not in an election result or in any political party. Why can you stand and say today, Pastor Randy, how can you stand there and so boldly proclaim we have hope? Because of this truth right here. When we are born again, when we ask Jesus to come to sit on the throne of our heart, a couple weeks ago we talked about thrones. When we ask Jesus to come and sit on the throne of our heart, we become a part of a higher family. We become a part of a higher kingdom. And we become a part of a higher nation. That's why we have hope. It's because there is a new thing established inside of us. And we are no longer a part while we live on this earth. We are a part of a greater nation. It's called the nation of God, the kingdom of God. We're a part of a stronger kingdom. 1 Peter 2, chapter 9, or chapter 2, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 and 10, it says this. But you are God's chosen treasure. Now let me just stop right there. You are God, the creator of the universe, the one who put all of this earth and all the planets and all the universes in motion, the one who controls every cell in your body, who controls the outcome of everything that happens here on the face of the earth, the one who is actually standing 
and ruling over the earth and over the universe. The scripture says, you are his treasure. His treasure, it's where he places things that are very, very valuable. You are his most valuable treasure. We are priests who are kings, a spiritual nation. We're a part of a spiritual nation, set apart as God's devoted ones. He called you out of darkness to experience his marvelous light, and now he claims you as his very own. He did this so that you would broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. For at one time you were not God's people, but now you are. At one time you knew nothing of God's mercy, but now, but because you hadn't received it yet, but now you are drenched with it. We are his chosen people. We are a part of a holy nation. We are filled with mercy to declare the wonders of God on the face of the earth. And guess what? Donald Trump or Joe Biden, neither one determined that. You hear me? Neither one determined that. Does it matter? Yes, it matters. Does it matter a whole lot? Mm, not really. We are a great heavenly nation within this earthly nation. So we are, and some could say, a nation inside of another nation. When Jesus was... When Pontius Pilate was questioned about Jesus' crucifixion, here's what Jesus said. He's about to go to the cross for us. And actually, the, Pontius Pilate is going, your people aren't even going to save you here. Why are they not saving you? And here was Jesus' response. He says, my kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. If it were, my followers would fight to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish leaders. But my kingdom is not of this world. His response in the midst, in the face of death. When being questioned, why aren't your people fighting for you? It's because I'm, my kingdom is not here. If it was here, they would be fighting for me. But my kingdom is not of this world. It's of another world. It's of another place. Jesus is saying in this passage of scripture, there are two kingdoms. There are two kingdoms that overlap. It's the kingdom of this world... And it's the kingdom of God. And as a citizen of the United States of America, the kingdom of this world here in the United States of America, it's ruled under a president. But the kingdom of God is not ruled under a president. It's ruled under God himself. It's ruled under the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the one that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. It's, that's the one that rules the kingdom that Jesus was talking about. And that is the one who rules the nation that we, as his chosen people, have been called to. As, 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 as a people, I love the way Augustine said it. He called it the earthly city of man, characterized by the love of self, and the heavenly city of God, characterized by the love of God. Once you give your life to Christ, you become a citizen of a new kingdom. You live in this world but you are no longer a citizen of this world. That is easy for us to understand here. But man, that's a hard thing to get in our heart. If we can keep that forefront in our heart, we don't get so upset or so divided over presidential elections in the United States of America. 
Why? Because we have a different point of view. We have a different perspective. We're looking at a different thing. We're not just sitting here going, this president is going to determine the well-being of my whole life, maybe on this earth, but not a part of the, the kingdom of, that you are a citizen of. I remember um, in 2006, Sherry, my wife, became a U.S. citizen. She was born and raised in Canada. She smells like maple syrup. She drinks it by the gallon. She doesn't need pancakes. We need pancakes to deliver it. She just drinks it. It's like her native drink. But I remember the day she was sworn in as a United States citizen. She became a, a citizen of the U.S. for one reason and one reason only, and that was to be able to vote. Man, what a disappointment she's had since 2006. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, man. But anyway, she, she became a citizen because she wanted to vote because we had hanging chads and things like that. And she knew, oh, man, my, my vote does really matter. So I'm going to give up my citizenship as a citizen of Canada and become a citizen of the United States. Many of you in this room have done the very same thing. You, you've immigrated from other countries and you've become citizen of the United States of America. And I remember sitting there in her ceremony where she was being sworn in and thinking from an American's perspective like, isn't this great? You're going to be an American. God loves you. Look what he did. But I remember seeing people with tears streaming down their faces. Literal streams of tears coming down their faces. And I remember asking Sherry after she was sworn in, how do you feel? And it, there was a feeling there that kind of surprised her of, man, that was, that, was, that was a big deal. That was a hard thing to do, actually. I said, why was it hard? You're becoming American. Because here's what you have to do when you become a citizen of the United States. You have to renounce all allegiance to your other country. All allegiance to your other governments. Kings. And the guy said, and potentates. I thought that was funny. But when we become citizens of heaven, it's not when we die that we become citizens of heaven. It's when we say, Jesus, will you be the Lord of my life? And just like Sherry had to stand and renounce all allegiance to Canada, to the Prime Minister, to the governmental system of Canada, and stand there and swear her allegiance to the United States of America, that is what we do in the Spirit. When we become citizens of heaven... We say, I renounce this worldly governmental system. I may live in it, but I am not a part of it. And Jesus, I pronounce my allegiance to you and you alone as the king of kings and the ruler of my heart and the ruler of my life. I surrender to your leadership. I surrender to your lordship. I surrender to you, O oh God. And we become citizens of heaven. That's why you hear me say sometimes, when we get saved, it's not a matter of heaven and hell. That's not the purpose of it. 
That's a benefit of it. But the purpose is to reunite us with the one and to align our heart and our allegiance to the one that says, you are my chosen treasure. The benefit is we don't go to hell. But the purpose is that we are reunited with God. And that now, as citizens of heaven, we can come boldly into the throne room of grace. We can come boldly into his throne room. We can walk right up to the throne of God. And when was the last time you walked up to the desk of the President of the United States? You will never get there. A couple may get there, but if, most of us won't ever get there. But all of us as citizens of heaven can come to the throne of God. He gives us access to it. So how then should we live in this world in the midst of craziness? How then should we view this political system that we're about to go vote? Some of you have already voted, and I am not against voting. Please go vote. I voted. Please go vote. Vote according to what you sense God speaking to you, but go vote. I'm not against that at all. But what I am saying is, how then do we live internally? How then do we live as citizens of heaven in an earthly nation? The first thing we do is we put our hope in Christ, not political leaders. We put our hope in Jesus Christ and not political leaders. And actually, political leaders are one of the silent places of idolatry in the church. We're putting our hope in a political Messiah instead of the actual Messiah. Y'all need to get that in your heart. It's a place of idolatry, and the, the evangelical church has done a phenomenal job of exalting patriotism, exalting uh, politics up where the church actually comes and worships, and they look to this political Messiah and go, this is God's answer for our country. It is not. God and God himself is the answer for this country. Doesn't matter on Tuesday what happens. Donald Trump is not the answer. Joe Biden is not the answer. Their running mates are not the answer. Senate is not the answer. Congress is not the answer. This political system is not the answer or the hope of our nation. God is. And where does God reside? In us. Psalm 146. Sorry, I slapped this. I apologize. I want you to know. Please. Our hope is in Him. Psalm 146, verse 3, it says, Do not put your trust in princes, in human beings who cannot save They can't save. So as we go into this world, we have to unhitch our hope from a political Savior and hitch our hope to the one and only true Lord and Savior. Philippians 3 verse 20 it says, but, but our citizenship is in heaven and from it we await a Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ. Please, 
We owe no allegiance to one of these candidates. We don't owe our allegiance. We can vote for them, but we don't have to, be, uh, uh, we don't have to pledge our allegiance to them. Our hope is found in our Lord and our Savior. We belong to the nation with a king whose authority is higher than any ruler on the face of the earth in any nation. Joe Biden is not our Savior and Donald Trump is not our Lord. We are a nation, one nation under the president, but we are a nation under God. The United States is under a president. The kingdom of heaven is under God. And the kingdom of heaven resides inside of us. I love this in Jeremiah chapter 17, verses 5 through 7. It says, This is what the Lord says, Cursed is the one who trusts in a man, who draws strength from mere flesh, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. That person will be like a bush in the wasteland. They will not see prosperity when it comes. They will dwell in the parched places of the desert, in the salt land, where no one lives, but blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in Him. They will be like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. It le- its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. Cursed is the man who puts his hope in the Lord and a, and a man. Trust in a man. And blessed is the one who puts his trust in the Lord. Blessed. I want us to be blessed. You want to be blessed? I want us to be blessed. When we say Jesus is Lord, he permeates and influences everything in our lives. Our political views, our worldly views, our earthly views, we begin to view through a different lens. We begin to view the world through the lens of of a Christ-centered world. And that's not determined by what goes on day to day in our society. That's determined by what goes on day to day in our heart. So the first thing that we do is we follow Jesus and not political leaders. We look to Jesus and not to political leaders. The second thing is we live as ambassadors of God, of the kingdom of God here on this earth. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says, Therefore, we are ambassadors of Christ, God making His appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Here's what an ambassador does. It's one person who represents one government while living in another. It's someone from a land. Let's just say you're a United States ambassador. You're an ambassador, but you're an ambassador to Kenya means you go and you live in the land of Kenya. You represent the government of the United States of America. We are ambassadors of heaven. That means while we're on this earth, we live under a different government, but we represent a different government. We're ambassadors. We're ambassadors of heaven. 1 Peter 2, verses 11 through 17, it says, Friends, this world is not your home, so do not make yourselves cozy in it. Don't indulge your ego at the expense of your soul. Whoa. Whoa. We have done this as the United States of America. We have sold our soul. 
for the American dream. Whoa. Friends, this world is not your home. So don't make yourselves cozy in it. Don't indulge your ego at the expense of your soul. Live an exemplary life among the natives so that your actions will refute their pre, uh, prejudices. Then they'll be won over to God's side and be there to join in celebration when he arrives. Make the master proud of you by being good citizens. Respect the authorities, whatever their level. They are God's emirates. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? People. <laughs> For keeping order. Can I just tell you something? There is great concern at the end of this election that there will be disorder in our country. So I want to encourage you to be praying for our police officers. Be praying for our law enforcement. Why? Because we need them to be able to keep order. I'm not talking about keeping order at the expense of people's lives. I'm talking about keeping order. Let's pray for them. Let's pray for our leaders. Let's pray for our government. Let's pray for people as they work to keep order uh, in this time. It is God's will that by doing good, you might cure the ignorance of the fools who think you're a danger to society. Exercise your freedom by serving God, not by breaking the rules, not by breaking the laws. Treat everyone you meet with dignity. Love your spiritual family, revere God, and respect the government. Let me ask you a question. What is it that will sway and change things in our nation? Is it legislation? Let me really think about it. Is it legislation? Is it law? Is it the laws that get put into, into effect in our land? No. It's the changing of hearts of men. It's the changing of the hearts of men. Because let me, let me give you an example. We'll take abortion as an example. I'm not for abortion. I believe abortion is murder from the moment of conception any time after that. I'm not for it. But can I tell you something? Those who have Jesus Christ sitting on the throne of their heart, they're not prone to abort their babies. They're not. Why? Because there's a moral law inside of them that's not determined by earthly laws. And while they legally could, they won't. Because of the law of God inside of them. Now, am I for changing laws? Sure, I'm for changing laws that, are, that protect people. Absolutely. But what I am saying is, instead of trying to legislate law, let's change the hearts of men and women. Let's live as ambassadors of heaven and introduce people to our nation, to our, nation, to our heavenly Father. Let's introduce them to the mercy and the grace of Jesus Christ. Let's see them change their allegiance from this world to this world. I wonder sometimes how many people stop following Christians because we are so 
at work to try to legislate morality. You can't legislate morality. That comes from inside of a person. That comes from the one who establishes true morality. We've got to, got to, in this time, look to God. The third thing that we have to do is we have to live on the platform of righteousness and justice. The platform of righteousness and justice, Psalm 89, 14 says, Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. It's the foundation in which the throne of God rests on. It's the foundation. It's righteousness, right standing, right living before God, and justice, right living before people. We establish this. His whole throne is established on righteousness and justice. It is unmovable and unshakable because its foundation is solid. Isaiah 28, 16 and 17, it says, Look, I am placing a foundation stone in Jerusalem, a firm and tested stone. It is a precious cornerstone. It is safe to build on righteousness and justice. Who's, whoever believes need never be shaken. I will test you with the measuring line of justice and the plumb line of righteousness. We have to live our lives in this earth, in the United States of America, on the platform, not of Republican and Democrat, but on righteousness and justice. Those are the places that God establishes His throne. We see righteousness as living right before God. We see justice as living right before men. I want you to think about it like this. Jesus, what is the greatest Commandment of them all. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is like, equal to, the same as the first. Love your neighbor as yourself. Righteousness and justice. What is the greatest commandment? Righteousness, loving God and standing in right standing with God. What's the second is just like the first and equally important. That's to love your neighbor as yourself. The reason there's so much division, even with inside the four walls of this room right now, over political issues is because our governmental system Divides these two things. It divides these two things. And God never meant for them to be apart. He meant for them to be together. He meant for righteousness and justice to be the foundation in which he establishes his throne. It's a cornerstone in which he says we can build on confidently. It's something that we can put our whole lives on. We can put our full trust in. We can put all of our confidence in this cornerstone that says live in right standing with God and live in love towards one another. We love God and we love people and those things go together as one. And our political systems divide it. 
That's why there's so much controversy inside of the heart of a man. When it comes to this season, every four years, we all just go, oh, I don't want to hear the ads. I don't want to hear the nastiness. I don't want to see this. I don't want to do this. I don't want to live. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. And then we vote and we hope it goes away the next four years later, but it's going to be back four years from now. And four years after that, and four years after that, and four years after that. So we can decide to, every four years, we embrace for impact. Or we can decide every four years, we're still not shaken because we're not a part of this nation. We're part of a heavenly nation. Now here's what I'm saying. I've traveled the world. I've seen many different nations. And I will say there is no nation like the United States of America. There's no place like it that I've seen. It is a great nation. And for every man and woman in this room who have given your life and service to this nation, to, to defend it, to establish it on, in God we trust and the freedom that comes as a part of that, the liberty that comes as a part of that, I want to say thank you. I love the United States of America. But it's not my long-term nation. I live here, but I'm a part of another nation. I'm an ambassador from another nation. And so when we're an ambassador of another nation, we embrace the laws, the ways, and the government of the nation that we're an ambassador of. And we represent them in the country we are living in. You hear it in my heart? Do you see it in the word? November the 3rd, we will brace for impact as a nation. But we don't need to be shaken. We don't have to be shaken. No matter what goes on around us, the kingdom of God will not be shaken. And we are citizens of heaven. I love this quote from Abraham Lincoln. He says, Sir, my concern is not whether God is on our side. My greatest concern is to be on God's side, for God is always right. And so while you wonder day to day, is God for me? Is God on my side? That's not the question. That's not the question. The question is, are we on his side? That we trust him no matter what. That our hope is in him and never shaken. That our allegiance goes to him and him alone. That he is our king. He is our Lord. He is our savior. He is the ruler of our heart. He is the one that determines what goes on in, in our lives day to day. We yield to him. We submit to him. We honor him. That's the question. And we spend so much time trying to tell people, God is for you, God is for you, God is for you. And that is true, God is for you. But the reason he's for you is because you are his chosen treasure. Not so that you can fulfill the American dream. 
God is for you because you are His. God is for you because He's placed all of His wealth, all of His power, all of His strength towards those who say, Jesus, you are my Lord. So today, if you've never invited Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want to encourage you to do so. Because our hope is not in a political system of any kind, in any country. It's not just America, any country. Our hope is in a king who never wavers, who is never shaken, who stands right before the heavenly father and he extends incredible mercy and grace to the people. We're not looking for a political Messiah. There are none. We're looking for the real Messiah. If you've never invited him in to be the Lord of your life, I just want to encourage you to do so right now. I want to ask you, do you understand you're citizens of heaven? Do you want to be a citizen of heaven? If you do, then I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm not going to ask us to bow our head and close our eyes because this is a wonderful thing. If you're not a citizen of heaven and you do want to be, why don't you just raise your hand right here in this room? All across this room. Just lift it high. Lift it high. We have people here. Come on, let's thank God for that. In just a moment, we're going to have some prayer leaders down here. I want you guys to come down and let them pray with you, but I'm going to pray for you right now. Let's just pray as a church. Would you, all of us, just lift our hands, both hands. Father, we thank you for those who have just given their hearts to Jesus. I want you to pray this after me. Lord Jesus, come on, let's pray it out together. Pray it loud. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you came to save us. You came to redeem us from our sin. You came to make us citizens of heaven where you rule and you reign. So Jesus, I repent of my sin and I ask you, Jesus, to come and be the Lord of my life. I renounce all allegiance to this world and I declare my allegiance to you, God. And you are my Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's give God praise. Would you stand? We're going to worship God today. We're going to shift our eyes off of this world and we're going to shift them onto Him. And I'm going to pray this prayer. We're going to put this up. It's the Lord's Prayer. And we're going to put it up on the screens. And I'm going to ask you to pray it out loud with me. Would you do it? Can you bring it up on the screens, guys? I want you to pray this after me. Jesus said this, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, O God, and forgive us our debt as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Amen.
just worship God today.